We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. This is Rams Uncensored with Matt Herrera. This is just the, like that whole, I, I don't know, it just makes Brian Juwano. I am in the cornfield looking at you right now. Tommy Avance. I want to host a, a radio show, but I stutter. And Mark Luhan. You blending up those Krispy Kreme donuts and juicing, Matt? You have now entered the danger zone. I'll give you a virtual hug, too. Hello again, and thanks for listening to Rams Uncensored. This week, Tommy, Brian, and Mark had the chance to speak with, for all you big L.A. Rams fans back in the 80s, tight end Pete Houlihan. He played for the Rams from 1988 to 1990. Three glorious years catching balls from Jim Everett, where he caught 159 for 1,625 yards, and he averaged 10.2 yards per reception. And he, during his three years with the Rams, he also saw his highest target ratio with 3.3 receptions per game, which shows Jim Everett relied on Mr. Houlihan quite a bit during his time with the Rams, even though there were three short years. Pete Houlihan, everyone. Hi, Brian. Pete Houlihan, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Welcome to Rams Uncensored. I've uh, already merged you in on the call, so... Uh, Beautiful. How, how's your night going? Not bad. Not bad at all. How about you? Oh, having a great night. Having a great night. Enjoying the beautiful weather here in Southern California. Summertime in SoCal. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, right now I have Tommy Avance on the line as well. Uh, joining us later, I believe Mark Lujan will be on and possibly Matt Herrera. He had some family issues, so we're not sure if he's joining or not. Tommy, say what's up. Hey, how you doing, Pete? Welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. How are you, Tommy? It's a beautiful, beautiful Wednesday evening in Southern California, and we are very, very happy to have you on as a guest today. So thanks for joining us. My pleasure. So, Pete, let's let's get right into it. Uh, 
the season is rapidly approaching. Uh, I believe you were at training camp a couple weeks ago or a week ago. Am I correct? Correct. We had uh, a little bit of a reunion, uh, had a barbecue for some great youngsters out of Watts down at the beach and did training camp. So, yeah, it was a wonderful three-day event. Awesome. So what was your take from these uh, young version of NFL players that you got to see uh, at training camp. The Rams look very, very athletic, and that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. They, they, uh, they know how to. They certainly know how to throw the ball. They proved that last year, and and um, their defense is, is is getting better. So, very, very impressed. Um, and I think people underestimate the run they made at the end of it last year. You know that winning is a habit, and uh, getting to the Super Bowl is is major. Absolutely, absolutely. So, can you kind of tell us about this reunion you're a part of? Um, some of the some of the great Rams that you were able to hang out with while we were there. Yeah, we we went up to uh, Newport, and um, we had uh, a couple nice. Uh, um, dinners and um, people like Jim Everett were there, Henry Eller, Doug uh, Panky, Leroy. Um, we had Damone Johnson was there, Nolan Cromwell, uh, Rosie Greer was there. So there was, and I'm missing uh, Doug Smith. I know I'm missing some guys, but it was a great turnout. And uh, as I said, the following day, uh, went to the beach. Um, down in Dana Point, I think it was, and uh, we had a massive barbecue for about eight busloads of kids from Watts, great group of kids, and we threw the rock around and, and played a little touch football at the beach and had some uh, great barbecue, so um, that was, that was a, a great, great uh, day, and then the, the following day, training camp, um, the new ownership uh, with the Rams back in L.A., at least Peace in L.A. has really, really done a wonderful job, and I mean a wonderful job, bringing back guys from every era in the Los Angeles uh, Ram era, and it was just a blast. So with that being said, we actually just recently had Jim and Henry on the show, so <clears throat> thank you for adding to that alumni list. All right. Um, which let's just call it the way it is Henry Ellert was underrated that dude could play he uh he, he could he could he made some unbelievable catches Henry could and I'm sure Jim mentioned that but Henry was a really really good wide receiver well Jim actually mentioned you as the best pair of hands he has ever thrown to and then to also reference I just saw that pro football weekly referenced you as the greatest set of hands on a tight end ever. What are your thoughts on that? My cousin wrote the article, but no. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, obviously, that you know, there's a lot of guys with great hands, but, man, that's, that's a great compliment, and I'll take it. Did, did you see that article? or I, I haven't, but, okay. um, it, it, you know, um, as I said, it's, it's, you know, there's obviously guys with great hands throughout the years, but that's a wonderful compliment. Awesome. Tommy, jump in here, buddy. Hey, Pete. Um, let me ask you this. Out of the 12 years you played in the NFL and you played for a couple different teams, who was your favorite quarterback to play with and why? So I played with Dan Fouts down here in San Diego, where I, I, I currently live, and then uh, Jim Everett, uh, obviously up with L.A. I spent the 10 years out of my 12 out here in SoCal. Um, so I, I would, you know, Dan was a, obviously he's a Hall of Famer, and we had quite a crew of receivers down here. I was a little bit younger. We had Charlie Joyner, Kellen Winslow, Wes Chandler, Chuck Muncie, James Brooks, Eric Seaver. So I got in the rotation, but when I went up to the Rams, um, I kind of became Jim's go-to guy. So Jim and I had certainly the best chemistry and um so i'd have to say jim uh just as i said jim and i developed a, a chemistry early on so 
Um, and obviously, Dan was a he's a Hall of Famer that speaks for itself. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm looking at your uh, numbers right now, and you definitely and you could tell by looking at your numbers over your career when you first you know got into San Diego that there was a plethora of guys to throw to. And you might not have gotten as many opportunities as you would like, but as your career went along and you moved over to the Rams, it looks like uh, you were right about that. Jim liked to get you the ball quite a bit because back then catching 59 passes in one season by a tight end was a big deal. It's like catching 110 in 2019. So that's impressive. Yeah, that's a great point. The game's changed and and, and the tight ends are, are really now um, – they're they're really the big athletic type and and if, if it's third and one or, or, or third and goal you're not going to see a lot of those guys in the game and um yeah so the, the position has evolved today um a good quick point on on um the charger ram deals ernie zambezi was down with me in san diego and he went up to la with john robinson and he brought lots of that offense up to LA and I was familiar with it so I was fortunate in that regard too that's pretty awesome uh, Pete so we were mentioning just now you know the difference between tight ends nowadays and back when you played um, the Rams have a couple of young tight ends on the squad um, Higby going into I believe like his fourth season and Gerald Everett going into his uh, third season what are your thoughts on these guys and their development and what do you expect to see with the season upcoming? Well, I think obviously they they both have shown some promise. Um, I think people underestimate the transition um, from college football to the NFL. And the first three years, um, you know, it's, it's a transition that's ongoing. Personally, for me, the light went on about the fourth year. And, and I think these guys are both in their fourth year or – or going to be going into it, so um, it's a key key year for both of them, and, and they both, from my perspective, bring different things to the table. Tyler's a little bit more of a, a point of attack guy, and Gerald is 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 more of that tweener who can get in space and and make make the big play down the field, and and uh, I think they'll both be key to the Rams' offense this year. So if you, if you had just to pick one, who would be your guy? Who reminds you more of yourself? Probably Gerald in that he's he's kind of he's in space more, um, and he's uh, he's he's faster than I was for sure. But we probably the game we probably play the game more similar in space than than um, me and Tyler. Um, so probably probably Gerald Everett. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, Tommy Gerald Everett. I mean, stature-wise, like you were just saying, um, tight ends nowadays look a lot more like wide receivers with a little bit more muscle on them. You agree? Sure. And absolutely, Gerald Everett physically. When you see him, I've seen him at camp. I've seen him, you know, multiple times up close. He reminds me of a Terrell Owens as far as his physical stature. Um, uh-huh. They got to get him going because his wheels, his ability to get open. And I think, I, honestly, I think his only issue is maybe the issue you had early on in your career. There's just too many guys to throw the ball to. Do you agree? That may be, that may be you may be right on. and I, But I do think as, as the Rams continue to evolve offensively, which we all know they will, um, the young QB is just going to get better, that when they start double-teaming these other guys, and I think Gerald, to your previous point, could have a breakout year this year. If they're going to single him up in, you know, in third and six and seven, and, and he could really, really um, take advantage of that because uh, he does have that skill set that you mentioned. Yeah, I think they need to spread the ball around a little bit more. Um, I think, you know, they made that mistake in the Super Bowl where they kept keying on Brandon Cooks. Um, It almost seemed like they were trying to prove a point, like we traded for this guy and we're the only one out of all the NFL teams that have traded for first-round picks for him in the last three years that signed him to an extension, right? Everyone else just kept trading him. 
So it almost seemed like they were trying to prove a point and shove it down his throat in the Super Bowl, which was frustrating because guys like, you know, Josh Reynolds were running wide open um, and not even getting looked at. So I think that obviously they're going to do things different this year, and I see a big year out of guys like Gerald Everett, and once they start keying in on him, they'll just throw it to somebody else. I mean, they got Cooper Cup, they got Robert Woods, the list goes on. Um, pick your poison, <laughs> and if you try to double-team one of them, you're in trouble. So I, I agree. I think Gerald Everett should be the guy this year in that offense. I think they really need to get him the ball. I think that's a good point. I think they, they, he'll have a big year. I, you know, he could catch, you know, 50, 60 rocks. Absolutely. I agree. He had a, a couple of games where he, you know, you saw – the ability that he has, especially that last touchdown in the Monday night game against the Chiefs, that was just, and I was there, man. We were, me and Brian were there. It was phenomenal, and that, you know, the way he tiptoed on the sideline because his his body weight was carrying him, um, his momentum out of bounds, and he was able to tiptoe and lean sideways and keep his feet in just long enough to get that touchdown. Showed you um, his overall ability, and I was so impressed. And of course, in today's game, when you and he's you know he's not as you said he's he's built like a big wide receiver, but you get a big guy like him in space and can catch it, and as you just said, tiptoe the sidelines and get a third and eight and make it a you know thirty yard gain. Those guys are far and few between. Those are big play tight ends. Agreed, agreed. You don't see many guys doing it. I mean, I guess maybe uh, Kittle and Kelsey, but you know, there's not a lot of guys doing anything like that. Well, the good, the good, the good teams in the NFL today have a guy like that, right? So you know, the, and you know, Gronkowski. People thought he was a big slow guy, but you know, he eat up thirty yards before you knew what hit you. Definitely had some great hands. He was on that same list as you. I think he was tied for tenth, actually. So, so Pete, being that this is Rams Uncensored, I don't know if you know anything about our show or not. I, Joe I told don't. you anything? Okay. We we like to let it fly. Um, it is uncensored. Uh, you know, going back to your playing days, I know when you used to catch the ball, you used to talk a bit, right? I did. Can you let us in on what was going on? Were you out there shit-talking? What, what was going on? No, but, well, a little bit. But you, I think in the 80s and the 90s, the so much went on after the tackle. Guys would, you know be hanging onto your face mask they'd be trying to get their fingers in your eyes and and so um it was a it was a there was a lot of football being played after the whistle so that created a little bit of animosity throughout the game and so for me particularly in in the west with our rivals new orleans and and san francisco um on third downs these guys knew that i was probably going to get the rock or they were going to be looking for me so if a guy took a cheap shot on me, I made sure I let him let him know all game that his ass could not cover me, and I'd be back to get him. And <laughs> and people, you know, particularly, you know, as I said in the West, it, it was it was a much, and I'm sure you'll hear this on it was a it was a much rougher game back then, and and um, so yeah, there was some shit talking going on. So with the you know much rougher game, what's your take on? I, I let me say this lightly: the pussification of NFL football, <laughs> where you can't even touch anybody anymore. Like, what's your take on that? Well, I, w- I will say, you know, throughout the years, seeing some of good friends and 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 guys I played with, really feeling the repercussions of of concussions that. Um, I do believe they're, they're they're trying to do the right thing by protecting the protecting the head, right. um, but you know you, you it's a lot of times and it, it's like seven on seven up there. I mean, if, if uh, Matt Millen could he could have mugged me, taken my wallet, stole my car, and they wouldn't have called a penalty on him um, in the first ten yards down the field. Now, if you can't as a receiver, you can't get touched. So it's another big reason why points are up and. Obviously, numbers are up, and um, I don't know if it's good for the game or not. It's a, it's a physical game. I think you, you need to let people get banged around. I'm uh, 100% with you, and that's why I wanted to take you, you know, see what your point of view was. I mean, I get it. it. I mean, the concussion 
thing is real and we see a lot of people having a lot of real issues but I'm, I'm guessing as a football player you know what you signed up for am I am I correct you are in my opinion this is me you're absolutely 100% correct would I do it again under the same conditions absolutely awesome. yeah yeah I agree because this is Tommy I played football 11 years of my life and my body is beat up. I'll be 41 this Sunday, and I feel like I'm 61 sometimes because of it. I played five years at quarterback, six years at safety, so I got the best of both worlds. But um, I agree. Growing up playing football, whether I was in Pop Warner or high school or playing at the Staples Center, um, I knew, and I have, I mean, I got a lot of common sense, right? So I knew banging my head against anything was probably not a good idea so the guys that are coming back and i get it you know that are coming back and saying oh we didn't know that this would happen to us no we didn't even know what cte was or that it existed until now but don't sit here and and tell me that you didn't think that playing football was going to give you any issues we all know you know falling down on your bicycle or playing football, you know, you're going to you're going to have issues. Your brain is floating around in there in fluid and sitting inside your skull moving around constantly. You know what I mean? Like you got to know that that's probably not going to be good for you. I'm just saying. I kept playing anyway though. Yeah, and and you know, you you know a lot of us you we we play for the love of the game and I I had a a doctor who after my going into my 13th year before I retired, he said, you got to remember, Olahan, you know, when you're done 10, 15 years from now, you're going to, you got to remember, you've been in a car accident every Sunday. So, you know, he was emphasizing how violent and rough, to your point, the game was and is on your body. It is. So what these, so I I have a question. We're talking about, you know, how rough the game was back then. Uh-huh. Who was the most physical player that you either played against or with? That you off top of your head, probably Ronnie Lott. I mean, he was he was a guy who, you know, he was more in the strong safety mold um, when we were playing against each other. So we had a lot of one on one matchups, and he just had an uncanny ability to knock the shit out of you. <laughs> well, I remember watching him play. Yeah, that guy was beast. He was, he was a great player, and he had just—he was just a great athlete with just great instincts. Yeah, he was terrifying. That's for sure. Nobody wanted to go across the middle against him, man. No, and he was. Yeah, he and he made it. He made it known that he much rather, once again, in that era, he'd rather take your head off and, and then maybe take, get an interception. Fair enough. Fair enough. So back to back to this uncensored thing, mm-hmm. Pete. Can you? let us in and I have like crazy stories from your playing time stuff that you might not hear or I mean I'm, I'm not even sure if you could think of anything off the top of your head but I'm, I'm just curious you know like the life of an NFL player especially playing in the 80s like shenanigans in the locker room happen. like any yeah. fights in the locker room that you witnessed or that you're a part of that you're not you know that you're okay about you know talking about on the air you know, I know it's uncensored, but I'm not. Gonna, I can't break the code. I really don't have any comment. I, I don't. You know, I, I first of all, that was a long time ago, so I really don't have any anything that I really want to talk about. Fair enough. I know that's okay. no, no, no. That's fair. I just figured I'd ask, and that's why I was like, I don't know if there's anything you're even willing to talk about, but I just figured I'd ask. Thank, okay. Pete, Pete's not the code breaker. <laughs> <laughs> And we're absolutely it's fine with that. Good. We didn't even, we didn't even ask Henry Ellard to get uncensored because we knew he wouldn't. We just knew better. Exactly. <laughs> but Jim not. did though. Pop would not. But Jim did though. Yeah. Oh, Jim did. Jim got uncensored with us at training camp. He uh, so this is what happened. We he told us to come see him. Me and Brian went up there. My buddy Tyler was there, and he said, "Hey, check this out." I'm going to go up to him and pretend I'm you because Jim hadn't met me in person yet. But we play in a fantasy football league with him, and we 
we've been talking garbage on Twitter and on online for about a year or so. So he knows me. He just never seen me in person. So Tyler went up and pretended he was me, and he he was going for it in a minute. And I yelled across uh, the yard. I was like, "Hey, Jim, he's full of shit." And he looks over. It looks at me, and then looks back at him, and he's like oh Tommy there he is and he's like I can't believe you guys are going uncensored while I'm signing autographs I'm like come on man what did you think we were going to (laughs) do he's so fun man and he made everybody get out of the way so we could come up and talk to him and take pictures with him and uh, he's such a great guy Yeah, he's so cool he's good people absolutely he's a great guy great guy what day were you at camp anyways we were there um Monday. Okay. So it was, yeah, a couple weeks ago. Um, we must have just missed you because we definitely saw Henry and Jim that same yeah. day. Yeah. I, were you? I, you was, I was in. I was in and out because I didn't, didn't stay the whole event because I had to get down to San Diego. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. I was. I was there. Yeah, we were there too on that okay. Monday. We were over by the stage talking to uh, Henry and Jim. Yeah. There. Um, yeah, I saw I saw a lot of those guys a couple of nights before. Absolutely, uh, Tommy. You got any more questions? No, that I mean, I got, I got everything, and I wanted to ask. So what, what, what's the Rams record going to be this year? What's the Rams record going to be this year? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like it's hard to follow up a thirteen and three, and you know, especially even though, in, especially in that league. Right, right. Uh, do do I think we have a chance at being better? Absolutely, but man, I have a hard time thinking thirteen and three. I'm going to go more eleven and five. Yeah, and of course, like every season, it's predicated on who gets hurt, who stays healthy. But yeah, that'd still be a big success, right? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. I, I was thinking the same thing, and I was just going to piggyback off of what Pete said. Your only is you know, as good as your availability, right, Pete? So the Rams have been the healthiest team in the NFL over the last two seasons, 17 and 18. So um, obviously we have a great training staff. Sean has a great program in place with Tim Rath, and uh, I like what I see. Um, If they could keep it up, the sky's the limit. Um, 13 and 3 is doable. Um, 11 and 5 is just fine. Let's get in the tournament and go from there. Right, right. Eleven and five in a ring is really what it boils down to. Doesn't matter what you are. Thirteen and five. A ring is a ring. So however they get there, like you said, get in the tournament. Yeah, get in the tournament. Look at the Seattle Seahawks years ago made the playoffs at seven and nine. Right, they won the division against the Rams in Week 17 in 2010, I believe. Made the playoffs at seven and nine. Yeah. Got in the tournament and started smacking people around. Um, they didn't make it all the way, but they sure you know put their best foot forward so all you got to do is get in we've seen teams in the sixth seed like the pittsburgh steelers and the new york giants in recent years go in there get their foot in the door and win the super bowl from the sixth seed so at the end of the day you know the hard road is three road games to get to the dance and we all know two home games is the easy road but it can be done either way yeah absolutely absolutely so what's your uh, prediction on the record, Pete? You know, I, I think I see him about you know eleven and five, twelve and four. Um, I think that I think the quarterback is, is, you know, he obviously had a huge jump last year, and I think um, in that offense, getting the ball out in his third and fifth step, getting it out on rhythm, um, he's perfect for that. Um, I think he's going to have another really good year. I, I absolutely agree. I think a lot of people, especially the media, put a lot of bad light on Jared Goff. And, and if you put his numbers against anybody in the amount of time that he's played as a starter, I think his numbers are near the top. Yeah, and there were, I don't know, how many other starters sitting home on Super Bowl Sunday. He was one of the two in the game. So, yeah, he, he, he was there. So, he's yeah, I, I like the kid. I think he's, you know, that, that offense you throw on rhythm, and he's, that he's built for that. I'm with it. I'm with it. Uh, okay. You know what? I got, I got one other question. This is just kind of random, and I know it's a dead horse, but what do you make out of all this talk about Todd Gurley's knee? Well, um, I think if you talk to anybody who's played long enough, and I'm talking like 
us guys who played 10, 11, 12 years, you, when you get that bone on bone, right, it's not good. So if and, you know, all I know is what I read. If if he is bone on bone, that would that would be a little bit alarming because uh-huh. there's there's not you know you can't they they can't create cartilage in a petri dish yet. So I I don't know I don't know medically if there's much you can do. Is there? I, I don't think so. I, I've heard of some weird procedures I, I don't know how accomplished they are I, i'm bone on bone so i absolutely understand there's days yeah. where it feels great and then there's a lot of days where it doesn't feel good at all so i wow. absolutely get it is it what's his what is his diagnosis have you guys heard what he actually has is it bone on bone i'm not sure tommy are you, have you heard anything no, they're not, and they're not going to release it because he's not going to no. let that out there. I mean, his career—he just signed a big deal, and if you put that out there, you're telling everyone pretty much how much shorter your career might or might not be. I mean, there's guys like Frank Gore who shredded his knees in college, his senior year, and is one of the top leading rushers in NFL history right now, and nobody really knows that because yeah. no one pays attention to him. So. Uh, and, and Gurley looks great, man. I saw him in camp. He looks as brisk as ever. They drafted the best running back in the draft this year, and he's going to get those regular season touches to keep Gurley fresh so we don't have a Ladanian Tomlinson in the playoffs. Yeah, good. That's, that's a great strategy. It's good to hear that he looks good. He does. Yeah, no, I, I saw him too. He looked great. He did look great, but once again, you know, that's limited action, so I mean, I, I yeah, as long <laughs> I don't as, know what to make of it. As long as they they can share some of his carries during the regular season, that that'll help for sure. Live to fight cool. another well, day, Tommy. Anything else? No, that's Tommy, it, Tommy. Anything else? No. Okay, that's guys. Pete, thanks, thanks for coming so much, on. Pete. It was great. Yeah. All right. My my pleasure. Go Rams, and uh, maybe I'll see you up at uh, Coliseum this year. We'll be there. Yeah. Are you going to be at any games? Yeah, we haven't decided. We we, we go to a couple. We They host us up in one of the suites, and uh, um, so we'll be up there for a few for sure. Fantastic. Sweet. Well, I'll, I'll, make, I'll make sure to send uh, the link over for the pod over to you, uh, Joe. I know you created a, a Twitter, but I don't think you use it, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't really use it much. Um, okay. But, um, you know, Joey, my little brother, he's all over it, so. <laughs> no, he, he's he's great. Every time I yeah. talk to him, he's very awesome. Good dude. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks so much, Pete. Bye. Rams Uncensored. How's everybody uh, doing? How you doing there, Paul? Welcome doing to Rams Uncensored right. for your first appearance, buddy. Uh, I'm honored. Hey, who's <laughs> your who's your least favorite person on Twitter right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna throw you under the fucking bus right off the bat. <laughs> why, why do I have a feeling I know the answer to this? But I'm just gonna listen. I don't think I don't think you do. But I'm gonna actually. You know what? Oh, I'm gonna perfect. let I'm gonna let Mark and Brian guess first, and then you can answer. Paul, how about that? Go ahead, Brian. Okay. Well, damn it! I haven't been following any of the fucking drama. So oh, you just said you know. think you know, and now you don't. What the fuck? Hey, I'll go. Uh, yeah, Brian's stuttering, so I'm going to say Brian. <laughs> Ooh, stutter, stutter, stutter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Brian. <laughs> well, on that note, I'm going to say the fucking asshole didn't join the call. I'm going to say it's Matt in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Paul, now you can give us the real answer. Uh, right now, I guess it's that guy, L.A. Rams fan club. I don't know. I don't know his, whole, his official name, but he's... No, he's just another he's one of those right. people that hides behind a fake avatar and a fake name, fucking asshole. Yeah, it, 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 he's trying to make it sound official, but uh, at least but it's not. you're you you do not have a picture of yourself and you do not have your name on there, but you do post pictures of yourself and your wife at the games and this and that. So everyone kind of knows you know what you guys look like. So technically, you're not hiding. These guys never no. post anything for one because they yeah. know better. They don't want to get fucking gift, right? Who is somebody? Somebody called us out on that the other day. I was getting into it with somebody on Twitter. I don't remember, and they're like, "I'm not going to post my picture. I'm not stupid. You fuckers are just... Oh, it was Ramosaurus Rex, that fucking asshole. 
He started oh, bitching about some politics yeah. and calling me a fucking fascist or something. I don't know. He's a fucking idiot. But he started <laughs> he started attacking us, and I was like, I'm not the one hiding behind a fake name and a fake profile pic, fucking dick. He's like, I'm not putting my face on Twitter so you guys can gift me, you fucking assholes. At least he knows what's up. Uh, he knew. He knew. He, he already knows what our well, MO is. I was like, come on, man. Him. Don't give a reason to. They won't do it. Exactly. <laughs> because don't I will never pass up getting a good selfie of somebody because you never know when you'll need it. Exactly. Hey, can we get that That's selfie? True. Everybody always thinks I just want to take a selfie with them now just for fun. No, there's a motive behind it. Trust me. <laughs> I'm fucking getting all of you sons of bitches. <laughs> so, Paul, I gotta, I gotta, I sent you some questions today, but I'm going to start asking you a few of them. Um, Okay. First of all, you've never been on the show, so we want to introduce you uh, to the Rams fan base and, and get some an idea of, you know, first of all, how did you become a Rams fan? Well, I uh, well, first of all, thank you for being on the show. Uh, love listening to it. Uh, I got to tell you guys, it's it's like we're all just sitting chilling in the backyard, like like we were at Tommy's house the other the other weekend, and it's just so relaxed. It doesn't even uh, sound like it's. Uh, you know anything? Uh, I don't know. It just doesn't sound too rigid or or formal. It's just it's very very casual, and that's what I really enjoy about it. It's, it's no different than we were hanging out at the tailgate and sitting there talking about our team, our lives, or whatever you know, whatever the subject matter is. So I appreciate that. So as far as uh, becoming a fan, I came, became a fan through my dad. He was a Rams fan for a long time, and I remember growing up. Uh, never made it out to the Coliseum, unfortunately. But we would listen to the games either on the radio because of a stupid blackout or we were lucky enough that, uh, you know, they were able to be shown on TV. Uh, We got to watch the games together that way. Um, Growing up, uh, you know, really started following him that uh, 79 season Super Bowl. That one because I was so excited for finally beating the Cowboys. I had a, a friend of mine in school who was just a huge Cowboys fan then and just could never get past them. So that year was awesome. We beat them. Uh, stayed with them. Uh, you know, went to school, graduated, all that stuff. The year I was uh, finally able to afford season tickets out in Anaheim, that's the year they moved. So, and then unfortunately my father passed away that year too, <clears> so everything changed then. <throat> but I still stayed with them, followed them. Uh, flew out to St. Louis, went out there just about every year. Met Pink, uh, started bringing her along. And, uh, oh wait, let me let me cut you off right there. So for everyone that doesn't know out there in the in the universe of Rams Twitter and Rams fandom all together, anyone listening to the show, Rough Skunk's wife is none other than the famous Pink Survivor, aka Angel. And I just want to say uh, she wasn't a Ram fan before she met you, so thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah, so uh, decided to become a fan. She'd uh, you know. Luckily, and I, I never really thought about that before, having a wife as a fan, not not just a football fan, but fan of the same team you're a part of. It never really dawned on me until some friends of mine were like, man, you're so lucky, you know, your wife's a fan also, and, you know, it was always, sometimes it would be a lot of friction for them, like, you're going to the game again, or you're doing this and that again. So I really appreciate that. So that was, I guess that's just an added bonus that I was lucky enough to uh, to have in meeting her and in marrying her i think people don't realize that too like when you're gonna share your life with another human being for the rest of your life right you don't realize a lot of people don't think that stuff through like i've dated girls growing up and i asked them you know do you watch the nfl and they're like no i'm like okay this could be a good thing because they don't have a team yet so some girls i would go out on dates with would be like oh no yeah i'm a big fan i'm like oh what's your team they're like Oh, I'm a, I'm a Broncos fan. And instantly in my mind, I knew this was the last date we were going on. Was, because yeah, I see guys I see guys all the time or, or, going or, to games. Or you could be like me. Yeah, yeah. Brian's like a perfect example. Three and a half years with a freaking Seattle Seahawks fan. Yeah, see, I couldn't do that. <laughs> see, Brian's a perfect example. Living I was just going to say that. He's a fucking nut job. Now he does get her... To you know, cover up, snuggle on the couch with Rams blanket sometimes, and she takes pictures of her when she's asleep. So that's pretty cool. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. <laughs> I've actually got to go to Rams games with Rams gear on, just not when they're playing the Seahawks. 
Oh, that is true. That yeah. is true. Hey, hey, Brian. Yeah. Do you guys have a time. his and her sticker on your on the back of your windshield or your back glass on your car? She ain't driving my fucking car. Are you fucking nuts? <laughs> no. <laughs> One side, the passenger side has the Seahawk logo, and the driver's side has the Roundhead logo. I've seen that shit, and it is bullshit. Ugh, hell no, nah, hey, man. Hey, I, I, I have a two-bedroom, and the extra bedroom is a Rams fan cave, so fuck that. Just get, <laughs> just get a really drunk, and then carry her in there and lay her in the middle of it and just take photos. Put the blanket on her. <laughs> put the blanket on her. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I had to grow up in the same house with a brother and a mom who's a 49er fan, so that was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be awkward, I guess. I, I would say sometimes... It was horrible. media now, uh, people going on vacation, and I, I know their wives aren't fans of football, but the guy is, and so they're going on this nice vacation, and I think that's like... That's like for their wife to be able to, okay, you're going to take me here, or we're going to go here. And then now you can go the rest of the season playing football or watching football. That's what I feel like they're doing because when they post pictures and stuff, it looks like, okay, they got, you know, the, the significant other or spousey out of the way, and now they're they're able to go play with their friends every weekend on football for football. I think it's sometimes a, that happens too. <laughs> it's a good trade off for me. Like I don't watch any other sports anymore, so for pretty much six months of the year, my wife gets me whatever you want to do. I'm in. And then when football season starts, leave me alone. Don't yeah. don't don't plan nothing on any day that the Rams are going to play. You're coming with me or you're not coming with me. It's it's your decision. Your ticket's always available, but don't bother me. What I love is I'm I'm at work and I get a call from Angel. Hey, I'm going to order something from Fanatics. You want anything? Hell yeah, I do. Dude, isn't that fantastic, bro? <laughs> I'm there. Dude, she's so awesome, man. That is the greatest, like, man. Great. <laughs> it's so awesome. Oh, man. So I got a few more questions for you. Um, All right. What is your favorite road game that you've ever been to and why? Okay. It's not just one. I think it's a whole experience. To me, it's uh, the travel to Arizona to get out there. Uh, I've been doing that, like I said. I've been we've been driving or flying out there um, back when they were playing at uh, ASU, even. But uh, driving out there, you know, once you leave the LA area, you can tell anyone going on the 10 East that has a Ram decal or a flag or something. You know, they're going to the game. Oh yeah, there's a little honking and waving and stuff. It's a you know? giant it's caravan. Yeah, it's a giant caravan, and then you see those same people there. I don't know who they are back then, you know. But they're all fans, and just have a blast. I mean, you know, Tommy, the, the the most recent trips we've had. I think just in general, the Arizona trip. We've gone to San Francisco. We've gone to Seattle. You know, and uh, I don't know. It just it's just so much fun there. Um, I think I think those fans. I got to give it to the the Cardinal fans. They're some of the nicest ones. I mean, there's no hassles. They don't. They're not arrogant. They really don't do anything. We have a lot of fun. You know, a lot of a lot of people. The, the the Rams Empire Club goes. So, I, I think that trip, that road game, every time we go out to Arizona, is is probably the best one. Yeah, I mean, and probably see you guys here. I cannot wait. Yeah, we're going to make our trip this year for the December first game to go visit Marky Mark and his funky bunch yeah. out there in Tucson. See, that- that's what's great because Arizona is so centrally located to, to Colorado, Nevada, Utah, New Mexico, even Texas. Some people drive out, so that that's really centrally located for all those southwestern states, and everybody gets out there. I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, two years ago when we were there and we all caravan together, I mean, we got we got out of hand. Let's be honest. I mean, you got me and Frank in the back of the truck because you're still allowed. Once I discovered you were still allowed to ride in the back of a crazy? truck in Arizona, it was fucking on. We were in the back of the truck in lawn chairs like hillbillies on Facebook Live going fucking nuts. Almost fell out on Facebook Live of the truck as I'm holding the phone. And we were on the freeway, which I'm pretty sure is not legal. Right, Mark? Can You, you can't ride in the back of the truck on the freeway, right? Just the streets? Yeah, just the streets. Yeah, we were on the freeway, too. We didn't give a shit. <laughs> we were so smashed, dude. Oh, my goodness. It was out of hand. 
Hey, can we get Brian to commit to go to Arizona on December 1st? Right here, right now. On when? On, on when? December 1st. Dude, that's, that's hard for me to commit right now. <laughs> He's such a dick. I need to answer. I'm not. No, 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 no. It's, it's, I mean, Arizona, that's not like it's far or anything. December 1st? We'll, we'll see. I don't know. Maybe. That's a no. It, it, it's not. <laughs> it, no, no. Just it, it's a maybe. I just have to see what's going on. It's literally, I have to see what's going on. I got to check my beer schedule. Well, yeah, I got a lot of fucking beer to sell, bitches. <laughs> Slanging fucking beer. Oh, I love it, dude. I fucking love it. I have, I have a. Speaking of oh, road games, I'm no, disappointed that wait, wait, because hold on, what? Hold on, hold on. Question: Is that Thanksgiving weekend? I don't fucking know. Let me look at the calendar. Who gives I think a that's shit? Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, Thanksgiving's well, yeah, on a fucking, fucking Thursday. <laughs> yeah, I'll fucking be up north, dude. Up north. Let me see. Okay. December 1st. That's November. No, that is Thanksgiving weekend, which is perfect for me, buddy. Sweet. Yeah, not perfect for me. That, that's Don't even better wrong. because yes, I'm off that Friday. Weekend, but I don't like my family, yeah, so I'm off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the Monday night game, and then the following Sunday is, is the Arizona game? Yeah, right? We play. Yeah. Do we play Monday? The Ravens, right? We play Monday the 25th, right? So it's like the Baltimore game going into that? I guess. Yeah. I don't fucking know. I don't memorize the okay. schedule. Smoke too much weed. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm looking at it right now. It marks getting fact check out, buddy. Yeah, yep, that is correct. That Monday before. Fuck it, I'm going to take the whole yeah. week off then. Piss on that. Let's party. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah I'm doing the whole week too then. <laughs> Dude, I'm serious. Thanksgiving on Thursday, butt crack of dawn. I'm rolling out, whether Drew's in the car with me or not, motherfucker. Yep. So Drew's supposed to carpool with me because my plan, Paul, is Mark lives. Mark lives in Tucson, which is about an hour and a half away, right, Mark? Yeah. From from the stadium, so it's south. So I'm going to drive past. Glendale, and I'm going to go all the way Friday to Tucson, and I'm going to stay in Tucson Friday and Saturday and come back. Are we going to come back up Sunday morning, Mark? What do you think? Uh, you know, I was I only got Friday and Saturday down. I was actually going to ask you. Uh-oh, I think we lost someone. We lost somebody. I just seen that. Who did you lose? Uh, it, was, it was Paul because oh. he just talked. So, yeah. Oh, Paul. oh, Adam, I'm adding him back. I was gonna say it wasn't me. It wasn't uh, me. Back. What happened? I just all of a sudden it failed. Our sponsor, Cricket Wireless, failed us again. I can't. I can't. <laughs> so yeah, we could drive up that Sunday morning and then stay in Phoenix that night. Yeah, well, well on Saturday, game. yeah, Saturday or Sunday night, yeah, we'll stay in Peoria, um, yeah. which is right. There's a that's the hotel we stayed at last time, Paul, where the Cracker Barrel's right in the parking lot. Okay, yeah. so we can. I was wait. wondering if we we're going to do that again. That's all. Awesome. We, we can go eat there, all trash like we did last time after the game, and then <laughs> so we don't get hangovers. Yeah. <laughs> all that gravy soaks all that shit up, and they then we'll go twice in one day, and, and then we'll wake up and eat there again for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> before we drive back to L.A. Yeah. Let's do it. Is, is there a Waffle House out there? Fuck no. Fuck There's Waffle, Waffle House. Houses everywhere. Waffle House is shit. No, there's not Waffle Houses everywhere. There's none in no, California. Here. Yeah, because we don't we don't <laughs> let restaurants in California that still allow you to fucking smoke inside. That's why. Goddamn hillbillies. <laughs> Dude, when I was in Alabama, I went in Waffle House fucking... Because I was working days, nights. We were cutting Verizon Network over because they bought Alltel Wireless. So it was out of control. And we would, you know, Waffle House was always open 24 hours a day. So that was the go-to to grub. And we go there, you know, any time of the day. And there's a bunch of hillbillies in there smoking, fucking chain smoking in there while we're trying to eat. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. I felt like I got in my DeLorean and went back to 1960. I fucking love that place. People watching is fucking glorious. Hey, you know, even though... You know, if there wasn't a Waffle House, we'll still be seeing the Rams put the Cardinals on a motherfucking Waffle House frying pan either way. 
Yeah, that poor little <laughs> Kyler Murray, man. He's he's a little feller. But I will say this. I did watch him the first preseason the game. Kid. Yeah, the, the first preseason <laughs> game I watched him. Good luck trying to catch that little Thanks shit. I don't even think Aaron Donald could catch his ass. That little rat bastard was fast. He better not get caught. No. He get tossed like a rat dog. No, if he gets his... The only saving grace he has is his legs because he is a little shit. He's going to get dotted the fuck up. The first hit, he's done. But I'm telling you right now, he's Russell Wilson with Michael Vick's legs. That little shit is fast. So you better corral his ass. Uh, all Aaron Donald has to do is get a pinky on him. That's it. Yeah, just flick him and he'll go flying. <laughs> Gentlemen, like- Paul, it was great having you on. I have to actually leave. So, uh, guys, maybe next week. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to join you next week because I'm going to be in fucking Cancun. Even though my phone will get reception, I just don't know what the time, when our plane leaves, whatever. So we'll have to figure that one out. But you guys have a great rest of your night. Paul, keep keep this up with the boys. Take my spot. I passed the flame. Okay, no problem. <laughs> All righty. Have a safe All right, trip. All right, gentlemen. All right. I'll Ryan. talk to you guys Suck later. Suck it. Bye, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Fucking Brian. Oh, my goodness. He cut a short, man. He said 830. It's 827. Good. Fuck him. Fuck you, Brian. If When you listen back to this, you can eat a dick. You fucking asshole. <laughs> He'd say the same thing if I hung up, so I had to give it to him. Shut up, Brian. So, Paul... What do you enjoy most about having the Rams in our backyard once again? What's your favorite part of that? Yeah. There's multiple, you know, multiple facets of how cool it is to have our team back in our hometown. What's your favorite? Well, yeah, it's awesome that you know you get to go to the games every weekend with all the home games. So you know, it was 20 years of traveling, and that was just you know a lot because we would go at least two games a year. Uh, but it's very, very nice having him in our own backyard. But what I what I really enjoy is during the tailgate, uh, meeting the people that come up from out of town, uh, you know, kind of helping them, maybe even hosting them a bit. We do get a lot of uh, UK international fans, UK, Canada. Some of from Australia came to our tailgates. So, you know, I really do enjoy that, making them feel at home. They really do like that, and you can tell on social media when they post, they get back home or whatever, tell their friends. Uh, also, Pink and I, our angel, like, we like to help out fans who aren't in our area. You know, they can't find merchandise, or, you know, we, we throw them a Super Bowl towel or a hat or something, send them something. Really appreciate that. So that's always nice, because I remember what it was like not being able to get shit out here when they were in St. Louis, as far as Rams merchandise you couldn't even get rams gear in st louis fucking let's be honest dude my (laughs) wife (laughs) my wife was blown away she when we would go out there and we would go to team stores you know and any sporting goods store whether it was in our hotel lobby i mean we're in the the hyatt right downtown three blocks from the edward jones dome and our hotel lobby little general store was covered in st louis cardinal stuff not one Stitch of Ram shit in there, dude. And she couldn't believe yes. it. She's like, what the fuck is wrong with this town? I was like, dude, you got me. I, well, I came here hoping to buy stuff, and the only place we could get it was inside the Edward Jones Dome. Yeah, we were out there one year, and, uh, and Angel wanted a Robert Quinn jersey. And we went to a sporting goods place looking around. We went to actually a couple of them. We found one, and nobody had them. But this guy said, you know what? I make them. He gets a jersey and he puts Quinn's name on it. He was doing them for Robert Quinn's family because you couldn't. His family couldn't even get you know, jerseys of of him. That's so embarrassing, dude. We ended up getting one that way, but you know that's uh, yeah. You're right, Tommy. It was even tough getting stuff on when you were out there. Yeah, and now I mean here it's just growing and growing as far as merchandise. I got to be honest, man. I got to give a shout out to the locker room in Downey. It's uh Oh yeah, one of the best sporting goods stores. I was there twice last week. I was getting hats for me, Mark, and Anthony, and I got 
Yeah, and I got a uh, yeah, fuck you, dude. You made me go twice because you don't remember your son's hat size, cocksucker. <laughs> nah, we. Yeah, in uh, fact, today there was a guy. There was a guy posting from Germany saying he's coming out in October. He wanted to know where to get merchandise, and I, I you know, sent him a screenshot of the locker room and down it. So, so I, I counted. Try and hit that place up. When I was there the other day, I counted how many different styles of Rams hats they have. You ready? 64. Oh, my gosh. 64. The last time I was there, before they got their new shipment in a couple of months ago, they had 27. So they have more. I told the owner um, and his son the other day when I was there, I was all, do you know that you have more of a variety of Rams gear in your store than the Rams do on their team store online? And he's like, no, are you serious? Really? I'm like, no, you do. You do. You have the best hat selection I've ever seen in my life. It is unreal. If you're a hat guy and you're a Rams fan, or any fan for that matter, there is a ton. They have a ton of gear there, man. It is amazing how much cool stuff they have there. Yeah, and when I go there in person in, what, about a month, I'm in trouble. Yeah, you sure. are. You'll you'll I'm go in, in there, and yeah. I'm telling you, you will spend 300 bucks without a blink of an eye, bro. Like, I mean, even if you're not careful. Milk. Dude, yeah, exactly. Because the hats are forty like bucks one each. One for me, one for Anthony. One for me, one for Anthony. <laughs> yeah, you know what I found I out recently double. too. I found out recently too, which is weird. But my my wife's family they don't really talk to their extended family that much, if at all. Um, and I found out that the owner of the locker room, I believe, is Jeanette's cousin. So. He's related to my wife. Really? Yes. So I told her, if that's the case, you and Pops and everybody are going to go to the store with me, and you guys are going to clear that yeah. shit up so I can get a motherfucking <laughs> discount. <laughs> are you kidding me? Them hats, are, <laughs> them hats are 40 fucking dollars. Let me get that family discount, brother. I know it only costs $5 <laughs> to make. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're selling them for thirty-seven ninety-nine plus tax, man. They're brutal. But, dude, they're sweet. Mar- Mar- I got Mark uh, the old school skull logo blue and uh, royal blue and yellow hat and I got black and white one in that same style and then we got Anthony his favorite style one of his favorite styles of hats too his favorite one they didn't have in his size we thought they had it in the size but we were wrong right Mark <laughs> yep <laughs> uh, I fumbled the ball on that one for sure don't worry I'm sure I'll fumble the ball with my son in the future too <laughs> I can't remember what happened yesterday. I'll, I'll be way worse than you, bro. I'll have to have like a little like wristband on with notes and shit. Shoe <laughs> little... size and everything on there. <laughs> I'm the worst, man. Hey, you guys want to hear a little funny story what happened today? So check this out. Elias was taking a nap in the living room in the playpen, and he had been asleep for probably 45 minutes to an hour, which is a good nap. And, but I like him to wake up on his own. So one of the little dogs walks by his playpen, and, and she's just standing right there wagging her tail. And I look over, and her tail, when she's wagging her tail, her tail is hitting the side of the playpen, which is then hitting him in the face. And so the ta- <laughs> she's, she's wagging her tail, whacking my son in the face, and wakes him up. Fantastic, you stupid mutt. Oh, it was hilarious. It was a scene out of a movie, dude. It was ridiculous. I'm like, no, don't wake the too late. <laughs> That's how it is when they're babies like that. You know, you're trying to trying to sneak by them when they're asleep in the crib. You know, ninja style, trying not to wake them up, and just even the slightest of sounds, you know, wake them up. You're like, damn, yeah, damn, little creak in the floor, and they're like, yep. <laughs> I'm trying to get him to be the face of the Rams. I sent uh, Paul. Did you see the picture I put on Twitter of him sitting in his uh, his chair that um, Patricia made him? Yes. So the Rams, the Rams, I think liked it. Yeah, they retweeted it, they replied to it, and they liked it, and it blew that post up. And oh, I man. sent the picture to Brittany, and she lost it. She was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" And I was like, "New face of the Rams? <laughs> Come on now, put him in some commercials and some little onesies. Let's go." You know, so I'm trying to work that angle. Those onesies we found. Yeah, man. Let's. Well, I mean, I'm going to see you in. They're awesome. In ten days for sure, right? The 24th, Denver. We're going to be there, so we can get them then. Absolutely. Um, They are amazing. Thank you so much. I don't know how you. Where were you guys at that you got those? They're the. They got onesies, but they're the throwback colors, right? Oh my god! Throwback onesies. Amazing. You believe that? 
Where where were they at again? Yeah, a buddy the of mine. It was the J.C. Penny in Glendale. We were in we were at training camp. The buddy oh, of mine uh, Facetime me and said, "Paul, they got this stuff over in in Glendale at the J.C. Penny, and it's all on sale." And he was you know he was Facetiming me, so he showed me around. And we're like, "Oh my God!" So we're, we're driving home. I said, "Well, let's stop." So we stopped there. That's when we got a hold of you, Tommy, and we were showing you everything too. We were Facetiming you. Oh yeah, that man Facetime showing me all the. Showing me all the selection. They even had that Seahawk colored uh, Hawaiian Rams shirt that that kid was wearing at yeah. the training camp that everybody loved so much, which I thought was so odd that they made a Rams Hawaiian shirt, but exactly the same colors as the Seahawks. That was kind of weird. Yeah. I don't think I would have wore that one, <laughs> but it's still cool. Um, but they had a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm going to be in Col- there. I'm going to be in Culver City on Friday um, babysitting one of my general contractors. That's not too far from Glendale. I might take a scoot over there. And then you might give me a call. I'll know. FaceTime you, buddy. <laughs> I'll get you some stuff. You don't worry. I will never forget about you. <laughs> Thank you. That's another thing about cool with the Ram fans is that when someone sees something, they'll post it. And they'll let people know where it's at. So everyone else can enjoy in the in the merchandise. I think that's cool. Nice, exactly. Well, I got yep. a, a couple more questions for you, Paul, before we let you go and end the show for the day. But okay. one of them is, obviously, how do you feel about the upcoming 2019 season, and how do you think the Rams will finish the regular season? Well, I'm I'm hoping for uh, bigger and better. I mean, uh, that that I still haven't watched any of the. Super Bowl game. I know I re- we recorded it before we left, and we <laughs> Angel and I still haven't watched it. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping for another trip back to the Super Bowl. Um, but what I want is the Rams to end up with the best record, so they have home field advantage. And I know yeah. the first, the first since they're back, the first playoff was the wild card against Atlanta, and you know that didn't draw too well. They did improve. You know, they were able to get one playoff game at home. They had to travel, unfortunately, but I think that's just in this day and age, you, you gotta, you gotta have that home field. That makes all the difference, I think. And you know, whatever that record is, I don't know how everyone else is going to do in the league, but well, you know, off, definitely, that's what I'm hoping for. Well, off of that, your Super Bowl prediction: Who plays? Which two teams are in the tournament, in the game, right? And who wins? Well, I, I personally would like to see, obviously, the Rams. Um, maybe the Chiefs. I don't think I want to see the Patriots again in there. It's just too many damn times. No, no, no. Nobody but, wants uh, to see that, man. Nobody wants to see that. Absolutely not. Dude, the most annoying thing ever on Twitter was when the Chiefs blew it and the Patriots got in. Everybody was so yeah. excited to get their revenge, and I almost threw up in my mouth. I'm like... Are you guys out of your mind? You really want to you yeah. want to puff your chest out and play against the goat? You, you're okay with playing against Brady and Belichick? You, that's that was the that's what you wanted, right? They're like, yeah, man, we're gonna get revenge. I'm like, you're out of your damn mind, bro. I wanted the Chiefs. I want the guys who choke like Andy Reid all the time. I want the kid who isn't quite ready yet that we were able to squeak by. In that Monday night yeah. game, I wanted the inexperienced guys. I wanted the guys who struggle in positions of you know great stress, right? Because Sean, obviously, the stage was big, right? It would have been too big for any of us, man. Let's be honest. In our first time coaching, yeah. come on, man! Like, give the guy a break. And he's such a perfectionist. That is true. Let's be honest. He's going to come out and run a completely different offense this year. He's going to completely change it well, again, up like like Belichick always does. Yeah, I think we, we've definitely learned from that. So I would like to see the Chiefs more than likely and then the uh, obviously the Rams prevailing because I, I want to see a banner in that new stadium next season. That's what I want to see. The one thing I want to see this, this season in the playoffs, this is what I want to see the most, and it has nothing to do with the Rams. I want the Patriots to somehow end up in the playoffs against the Jacksonville Jaguars and Nick Foles, and Nick Foles beat his ass. How funny would that be if Nick Foles whipped their ass again on a different team? 
Uh, you definitely have to say Nick Foles is their kryptonite. Dude, that's my guy. Yeah. Go get him. Somebody in the AFC needs to get their shit together and get past these guys. I mean, three years in a row in the Super Bowl? Come on, man. I remember when I was a kid and I watched the Buffalo Bills lose four years four in a row. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I rooted for him every time, too. I felt bad for him, man. But yeah. it gets old. See, it's like watching a rerun on TV, man. I don't want to see that shit. Yeah, and initially I was thinking that it'd be possibly the Colts and the Rams. I kind of liked where the Colts were going, but with all this Andrew Luck injury stuff, I mean, that kind of looks bleak. So I would have to agree with Paul, you know, the Chiefs, if not the Colts. Yeah, the Colts is a good pick too, man. That was one of my top three for the AFC this year. They get that, they continue to get that defense in order, which they've always struggled with, with Andrew being there. They're winning games 38 to 35. That's no way to play football. Um, so, yeah, they're starting to get guys like Leonard on defense. That linebacker's fantastic. So, um, that's a good team. That's a good pick, Mark. I know. My idea is only come in two flavors. Right, Tommy? Good, good and great, motherfucker. That's how I roll. <laughs> I think Paul's hung out with me enough to know my smart-ass mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Never a dull moment, my friends. Never a dull moment. Well, (laughs) let's let's cut this thing off, gentlemen. I want to say thank you, Paul, for coming on and giving us your insight into the your football knowledge, your love for the Rams, and your personal life bringing us in. Uh, It's much appreciated, man. Yeah, thank thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. We will see you. Uh, Really appreciate it. A lot of fun. I'll see you in ten days, buddy. All righty. Take care, guys. You I'll too. talk to you later. People like to just hear people fucking talk shit. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.